0: Something about you is feeling off And it's not a cold, and it's not a cough The source is crystal clear to me You got a case of negative energy It's all love, it's all frequency A little chakra balance is a remedy The source is crystal clear to me You got a case of negative energy Amethyst, quartz, citrine, garnet, tourmaline, jade Feel the power of the gems, start to cleanse Selenite, onyx, pyrite Lapis, we get them from
1: the earth and they're our friends Feel the power of the gems, start to cleanse Sabbath- character- Lake- ta- Hello, welcome to Question Block I'm Wires of NYC, also known as Dr. Wires With me is Aria List Hi So this week we're going to be talking about precious gems and stones
2: Crystals, crystal healing chakras So
1: I'm just scooting closer to you to get into the... okay. The instant no, I'm sitting on top of you, you're basically. in my I chakra. I am in your lap. Um, <laughs> you're balan- You're practically yeah. balancing my shock. So to today this is a very exciting episode because I get to use my background w- with a PhD in, in electrical engineering and material science to talk about practical uses of crystals, and you get to use your experience as an air sprite to talk about the the also magical. Practical. <laughs> <We> also practical. Also <laughs> practical.
2: The practical magic
1: of crystals. So let's start, as we often do, with a definition, or a couple definitions, just to set the boundaries of the, of the cast. So gemstones is probably the broad category of what we're going to talk about, which is really just anything that looks pretty that humans have decided to put into like some sort of setting. So amber, for example, is considered a gemstone, even though it's an organic material. Amber is just you know, fossilized tree sap. Yeah, we're sort of just talking about gems are just pretty hard things that people collect. But we might <laughs> as well start with... Yeah, that's I'll what show you she some said. Mm. Um, we can start by talking about, though, there's the the broader category of... There are minerals, right? And mineral is just any thing that's solid that has a, a consistent composition. So when we talk about calcium or a diamond or... Jade or quartz or whatever, those are all like examples of minerals. Salt is a mineral, which is composed of two elements. The key is that they have a, the same composition, and they don't have organic matter in them. They don't have things that are derived from like living stuff. And then there's rocks. Rocks are composed of one or more minerals in a given rock, and rocks can also have biological stuff in them. So,
2: ooh, that's also what she said.
1: Hey, you can put some biological stuff in Get your, your rock. rocks off. Yeah. Are you a sedimentary rock? Because you're composed of <laughs> 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 uh, a lot of small, dead things, I guess.
2: Um, that's the libraries. That's when they play like the clown music when the libraries open. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> nice. The gem library. So, yeah, three kinds of rocks. You probably learned this back in like third grade did you do they teach us in New York Public schools?
2: Yes, so we had a a science teacher who was really, really into rocks. like she was super geologist, like miss Miss Frizzle. and I remember because there were the the like the five qualities, like the luster uh, and I remember luster Hard, hardness. hardness, cleavage. and i and. and me and the nice. others, like me and my friends would, we would make, f- not like make fun of her. It was like an en- endearing making fun of. Mm-hmm. And we would just be like, she was like turned on by the rocks because she would be like, this rock's cleavage. Like, you know. Nice. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, so your three kinds of rocks. Um, and this is more interesting than you probably remember from like third and fourth grade, right? So there is igneous. And igneous is generally from lava flows. That's like from the core of the earth. Um, So igneous rocks make up uh, over 50% of the earth's crust. It's all freaking igneous rocks. And pretty much all igneous rocks are just called feldspar. And so feldspar is just like pretty much everywhere. So igneous is like from, these are primordial rocks from like (gasps) lava flow that's hardened.
2: Oh, they're like the rock crusher guy from NeverEnding Story.
1: (laughs) He's probably made of igneous rocks. Yeah, uh, sedimentary rock is very neat because it comes from the bottom of the oceans. It covers over. It covers seventy five percent of the Earth's surface, is all sedimentary rock. So like, rock all you know that's all over the place is basically like was originally at the bottom of some ocean and has moved around with Pangea, breaking up all that stuff. A lot of sedimentary rock is composed of what's called marine snow, what? which is just. So if you ever go deep to the bottom of the ocean when they like, you ever see like the deep diving videos and there's just white kind of crap sort of gently falling? It's just like (laughs) dead microscopic animals (gasps) constantly snowing. So there's like an accumulation of about an inch a year of just like crap that like collects at the bottom of the ocean and that becomes sedimentary rock over eons. It gets crushed down. And hardens. So chalk that you use to write on a chalkboard is primarily composed of the the like crushed shells of microscopic animals from like a long dead sea that's like you know long ago dried up. Pretty cool that sedimentary rock is like it's like super metal. It's made of like the souls of these like dead animals. Um, and they're crushed up bodies. Isn't, isn't
2: it ironic that 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 chalk is used to teach you about exactly and that what chalk you're <laughs> is used to teach you? Or maybe about... that's that's meta and not ironic. It's a little both, I think.
1: It's a little bit of both. Yeah. So examples are, yeah. So like limestone and coal is actually an example because it's well, it's a biochemical sedimentary rock. If if it's like because coal's made from plants that get crushed down over time. All right, and then your last rock, your last kind of rock, is your metamorphic rocks. Ooh, and so metamorphic rocks just mean a rock that changed. Started as one of the other rocks, but through like generally like heat and pressure over time, it transforms into something else. So interesting. A lot of like bedrock uh, is made is metamorphic, and then also slate, marble is a kind of metamorphic rock, and schist. And the cool thing is Manhattan is built on the Manhattan Schist. So underneath Manhattan is a freaking giant metamorphic rock.
2: That's so crazy.
1: Yeah, that's, that's why Manhattan gets to have skyscrapers, because we have this really great strong bedrock.
2: So crystal, it's, it's a mineral that has a, cry- has a crystalline structure, right? Yes. And so, so uh, like for example, like agate could be a crystal, but it's also a mineral and a rock. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. These are kind of overlapping terms.
2: But but crystals and specifically specifically has to do with their structure, that they have a perfect structure, much like myself. Much
1: (laughs) much like your bone structure. Yeah. So much like this cool faceted ring that we're holding up, which is clearly made of diamond. Mm -hmm. Crystals are very cool because you see them generally as they're cut, they're faceted in a way. That to you, they look very shiny and brilliant and like a regular structure. The interesting thing is microscopically, on like an atomic level, they have a regular structure. And that's what makes crystals really unique among pretty much all forms of matter. They have some like very specific, cool electrical properties. Silicon, which is used in like every microchip, uh, is a crystal. And the silicon we use in microchips is pretty much the purest substance in the universe We can talk about that on, I don't know, the electronics podcast episode. It is an incredibly regular, super pure material. Raw silicon comes initially just from sand because you just take silica or silicon dioxide and sand is just basically tiny particles of glass. And then you Mm -hmm. purify it at super high temperature and pressure. There's a bunch of like very clever ways to do this. And they get the stuff that basically is like, there's only like one impurity out of a billion like atoms in like really pure high-quality silicon that gets used in electronics. Oh, wow. And so that diamond structure leads to lots of very cool electrical properties. The main one is semiconductors. That's why everybody talks about semiconductors and computer chips, which really just means that based on applying an electrical field to it, you can turn the thing on or off as like an electrical conductor. So you can make switches out of it.
2: Ooh! So the the structure also has healing properties crystals right so there are
1: Please explain. So there
2: are these things called <laughs> lattice patterns there there are six cry- there are six crystal lattice patterns and there's hexagonal so they have a structure that resembles a 3d hexagon that helps with manifestation Oh like that. <laughs> I'm okay sorry. just saying um there's isometric which are uh, crystals that have a cubic structure, they can improve situations and amplify energies.
1: So diamonds have an isometric mm-hmm. structure, by the way, <laughs> which we'll talk about. Is sort of the most... <laughs>
2: they, they always improve situations. Well, they improve situation. mm, yikes. There's monoclinic and they have a parallelogram so they're protective. I'll I'll give you a little theory of this after I tell you the other. There's orthorhombic, which I, I would assume that they have a, rhomb- a rhomboid they cleanse, clear, and remove blockages. So I know, like, a uh, clear quartz would be an example of this. There's tetragonal, so they have a rectangular interior structure. They are tractors. They make things more attractive, and they help attract things to you. Which is, I'm that's that's me basically. <laughs> I'm, I'm I have rectangles on the inside uh, apparently.
1: You're a tetrahombic?
2: Yeah. Okay. And then there's triclinic, and so they have a triangle or an or an inclined three inclined axes. They ward off unwanted energies, and they help retain energies that you would like to keep. My my theory is about why they're assigned these certain metaphysical attributes because as of the shape. Well, or because what? of the shape, but also because of the regions in which they were found and used. Oh. So just off the top of my head, you need copper to have turquoise and there's a lot of copper in Arizona and like those like mountain, like the Rocky Mountains and stuff like that. Okay. And so whatever the, you know, like the first people in America used turquoise for that would be associated with its interior structure. Perhaps that's my theory. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The the diamond thing gets real cloudy though, as we'll we'll talk about later. <laughs> cloudy,
1: no, but they're near, you know high quality diamonds are transparent. <laughs> I love hearing about this from the the point of view of gems and the yes the lattice pattern is what it's called like a series of repeating points is, is referred to mathematically that is the term a lattice. Uh, I should shout out. I think it's Bravais. It's pronounced B R A V A S. Is this mathematician? Who categorized a lot of these shapes that you just talked about? Oh, really? He categorized the what you call the isometric or the cubic crystal cubic structure lattices, like diamond and silicon. Oh wow,
2: that's so neat. Um, should should I talk a little bit about the the history of crystal? crystal yeah, healings? that's that's
1: my run through of the math. I think we're now everybody's in the right mindset and we're ready to hear about some history.
2: Oh, I w- I was gonna ask you the, so you can you can make. All crystals in a lab, true.
1: So some materials, even in a lab, maybe they're not great at purifying them necessarily, uh, or there's just no interest in making them for whatever reason. Maybe because they're like prevalent in nature, right, right? Like lab-grown diamond is like probably the most common like lab-grown mineral because diamonds are artificially very Forever. rare no. <laughs> and expensive, but they're like very useful in industrial applications.
2: Um, oh, we will talk about that. If you stay tuned, because yeah. they actually are not rare; they're one of the most I unrare said, Artificially? Oh, artificially. I thought okay. Also in the in the mystic realm mm. of crystals, there are also these these uh, substances that don't have a crystalline structure. They are also known as amorphous crystals. They're known as amorphous crystals. Oh, and, and examples of this are. Are amber, obsidian, opal, and all uh, techites. but they ha- but they're used in crystal healing because like amber's it's just like resin, you know, and amber's uh, just, re- yeah, amber's just resin, yeah, not crystal at resin And um, obsidian is lava, I believe, like a l- a transformed lava, but uh, the- these
1: sounds sounds pretty igneous.
2: Yeah. They're they're called uh, they are called like amorphous yeah. crystals. They're still it's interestingly they're still considered crystals in the healing world even though they're not crystals <laughs> in the science world.
1: Yeah. Do you want to I don't want to jump ahead, but we can talk about they generally are finished in a different way and generally the, what you just talked about like obsidian, they're opaque. So yeah. Often things that get faceted Right, you facet it and put lots of angles on it to make it reflect light really well because it's translucent or like a, a pure diamond, it's transparent. So it looks really brilliant and very flashy. Whereas generally, stuff that's opaque, like obsidian um, or amber or whatever, is they actually don't, you don't facet it. You finish it in a different way. Um, often, you can do tumbling, and I'll have to look at the oh, yeah. term for no, the other there's way of it. Tumbling,
2: finishing. Or, or, or they call them just like. Actually, if you get them without the finishing, it's just called like raw or like... Oh, and then what is a, what's a geode? Is a geode just a... Let me, can I ask? Can I guess? A geode is like a, a chunk of the earth and you crack it open and like the crystals inside?
1: Yeah, it's, <laughs> I think it's just a, It's a rock that... Right, rock just being like any collection of minerals that is solidified into something, right? Which has crystals inside.
2: I love geodes. I think they're so cool. I really want to get one of those excavating
1: I think we can all agree geodes are awesome. Yeah,
2: I think they're my favorite one. I was trying to figure out which one I they think. They have secret so crystals. That's what I love. I love secret crystals. It's the best. So it's about five million years ago, crystals were were formed. <laughs> in the Earth, right? So it's like when the Earth was still in diapers.
1: Well, crystals go, they go back. I think the majority of diamonds are something like a half billion to a billion years old. Natural diamonds are formed like 50 miles deep in the Earth's like, Right, because they need Mars the pressure. Christ. Yeah, so anyway, that is to say some, particularly diamonds, it makes sense because they're super durable. But some gems go back like a billion years. yeah, Or so, some crystals, sorry. But all right. All right, continue. But yeah, I'm sure there's lots of crystals formed over just... The recent millions of years ago. Are you saying the first like crystals example of humans like using crystals?
2: The first example is, let's see, two million years ago. I think that's when we have like, we have some proof. Because Sumer- like Sumerians, well, there is proof that people were using amber to make jewelry.
1: Probably Neanderthals or like early Homo sapiens were like, they figured out that certain stones made better tools than other stones, right? Which, like, then led to categorizing them, and it led to shaping certain rocks to make tools out of. Yeah.
2: In Britain, there were these, like, be- do you remember those beads, those, like, beads that everyone had on their, like, I forget what year it was. I was, like, an infant, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, the the, be- the the beads that were of the different, like, stones, they, they look you know they kind of look like prayer beads.
1: No, I missed this fashion trend. But Yeah, I remember I believe it.
2: Yeah, I, I believe it. Yeah, so they they found these these sort of like amulets and and beads in Britain and they were they were dated back to 10,000 years ago, the end of the last ice age. They're also in the Bible. This is where birthstones come they think that birthstones come from Aaron. Who was Moses's brother? Because Aaron had, <laughs> Aaron was like, um, I don't know, he was like the Liberace <laughs> of of the Israeli army, and he had he had twelve stones on his uh, his breastplate, kind of like you, you know, like keeping it flashy. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he had these, the, and they were supposed to represent the twelve.
1: Tribes. Oh, tribes yeah so
2: basically ju- uh, jewelers have always been jewish
1: <laughs> oh did each tribe have like a stone for yes. themselves
2: there, yeah they did and and there's instruction manuals like how to recreate your own like um
1: shield how to recreate your own tribe of israel
2: well because oh. they they were there were different rows in them different like groupings and um it was more about the color so it didn't actually say in the Bible what stones they were. It said that they were stones of certain color, and people think thought that green stones referred to emerald, but it could could have been peridot. It could have been all sorts of other stones that can look can also appear green. So, oh,
1: I've been pronouncing it peridot my entire life. Oh,
2: you That's might cra- be. I just correct.
1: learned something on this podcast. Nice. <laughs> you might be correct. <laughs> okay. Peridot. Um, peridot. And peridot.
2: But then. Egypt, really, really kicking things off really ahead of their time. (laughs) Egyptians. Uh Do you recall...
1: Lapis Lazuli?
2: Lapis Lazuli. Do you recall us talking about that in the color episode? Is
1: it greenish blue? It's
2: it's blue. It's like your favorite color of blue, basically. Nice. It is like a deep, very true blue. And they used that for like headdresses and it's actually really interesting because your third eye chakra is like the color for that is blue so it's kind of like they maybe they were trying to open that up
1: do they know i mean archaeologically do they know where they were getting these they were just like finding them along the nile or did they have mines where they were like digging them up or were they like maybe trading with people
2: the the first, I think the first mines, the oldest dating back mines were, they are Malachite mines in uh, Sinai. So, again, holla, holla to the Hebrews. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Malachite mines, nice.
2: Egyptians also use crystals cosmetically. Oh, like you? Yes, like me. Well, here's the interesting thing. It was, cosmetically, they used coal, like, for their eyeliner, but... They also would grind up certain stones and almost like sprinkle them in and around their eye. And they noticed that people who did that didn't get as many like eye diseases. It's because some of these stones actually had antibacterial properties. That could have just been because they had like like lead or or like poison in them. But um, it could have been because the actual stones are anti microbial and so they were like or it could have been because if you have uh quartz in your eye you can't get sand in it i don't know
0: <laughs> okay
1: it's already full little, it's already full of rocks <laughs> the irony being that quartz has the same makeup as sand
2: that's that i was making a, an insider oh, okay. joke there. It's the same mineral yeah and then in china jade and pearls pearls also being i think in a amorph- amorphous Right there, they don't have a crystalline structure, do they? They're
1: made by clams. By clam, yeah, (laughs) just clam secretions of, I guess, whatever the clam filters out of the. I don't actually know what the like atomic structure is of a pearl. There's got to be sand
2: because they get sand in there. So they they probably also silica, silica, just some nice
1: silicate mix.
2: Yeah, and um, so like jade was jade and pearls are associated with like Chinese. history there was a an emperor who was so into pearls that he slept on a pillow of pearls and then when he and when he died he wanted his mouth to be filled with pearls that's so crazy
1: oh so speaking of uh putting rocks in your mouth Um, Mm. one thing we didn't talk about in the beginning, that a way that you classify a lot of gems, you talked about the hardness and luster and everything else. So hardness generally in the gem world is measured in the Mohs scale, M-O-H. You talk about Mohs of hardness. It's an annoying scale because the numbers are just, it's it's a cardinal scale basically. Like something with a higher Moh hardness level will scratch something with the lower number. But... If something's a ten, that doesn't mean it's like four times or twice as hard as a nine or anything like that. It just means like what's harder. So like talc is like a one. Your fingernail is a two and a half Ooh. on the most hardness scale. Your teeth are a five. Um I think steel is around like five and a half. What about whatever. diamond? Like on a knife blade. Is that Di- is that a ten? Diamond is a ten. Yeah. Yep. I think like Ruby and Sapphire are up there, they're very hard as well. They're they're like an eight or a nine. And anyway, you can, this is a very like rough guide if you were out in, in the field collecting rocks or you're like a gem collector. You could uh, test if something like is a true agate, for example, it should be like a seven. And if uh, your pocket knife scratches it, that means it's not a real agate, for example. Oh, wow. It would be something else that's softer. Anyway, all that is to say that hardness is not a hard thing to measure.
2: If you have a diamond.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, the downside diamond, being yeah. that you have to scratch up your stone. And also, just because a scratch doesn't show on something, you can still like cause like microscopic like imperfections in it. So like, don't go scratching up a diamond with like a pocket knife. You possibly could damage it, even though like but you there, might not be able to see it. It's as still, we will like, discuss, yeah. they
2: are worthless. So you, you can go right ahead and do that. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Oh, so so we made it to China,
2: right? China also the word crystal comes from the Greek word for ice, crystallos. Yeah, cuz they thought that clear quartz was water that was that had frozen so deeply that it would always remain solid and I think this is really cute. They would carry it around to cool their hands off on like really hot days. Like that's so adorable. The word amethyst means not drunken and was worn as an amulet to prevent drunkenness and hangovers. <laughs> and hematite comes from the word for blood because the red coloration, it gets like red colored when it oxidizes. These are all things that come from like Greece. Hematite was was associated with iron and it, with Ares, the god of war. So maybe like shields or something. My dad used to carry hematite like rock in his pocket, and I always thought it looked like a rock of like silver. Like I thought it was so it was so cool cuz I it, to me it looked like mercury but hard, like hard mercury.
1: Oh, cuz it's very shiny.
2: Yeah, he had a he he would like touch it so it would it got extra smooth. Yes. Uh, So then in the Renaissance, that's where like science and magic intersect. Alchemy, Mm. some might call it. Hildegard wrote a lot about different stones, like healing stones and like herbal remedies. Yeah, Yeah, they
1: were drinking mercury all the time. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a cure for all sorts of stuff.
2: Yeah. And... A lot of kings had advisors who would like program crystals with like energies for them.
1: So do you know what the gemstone of kings is?
2: Is it amethyst?
1: No, it's the ruby. Oh,
2: the ruby. I was that was my second guess. The yeah.
1: gemstone of kings. Because because it was
2: like purple for royalty. Oh yeah, true. But that's I guess just their. That's because of the fabric. That's the cloth. We go listen to the fashion episode.
1: But yeah, rubies are also have a like a deep red color and. The, the root is, like, the Latin word for red. Like you were saying, prior to, like, really the 1800s, 1900s, and they got good at actually classifying, you know, minerals and gems, everybody just sort of guessed at what stuff was. Any, like, faceted, pretty hard red stone they thought was a ruby. So a lot of the most famous historical rubies that survive today are actually spinel, which looks very similar to ruby, but actually naturally will form much larger crystals than ruby does. <sighs> So people probably were tossing aside real rubies and being like, these are very small. And then like being like, now this is a giant gemstone. It was like a spinel, which is like not as valuable. Oh, wow.
2: I feel like I like lab. Ma- I'm like, make a big, like make a really big one. I just want to see. It. I don't care. I'm not going to look at it with a, a jewelry loop.
1: I guess rubies, because they're so hard, you can wear them like every day. Same with diamonds. You can wear every day because they're so hard. They, they're like mm. durable
2: put some shellac on that i don't know whereas
1: like pure gold jewelry that's 24 carat not a gemstone but uh is soft so you generally like it's not a daily is it
2: interesting though gold jewelry is set with like diamonds all the time <laughs> yeah so then there's like in in the like 18th century there were there were these lapidaries
1: what is a lapidary
2: it's like a it's like a, a garden center for stones <laughs> Basically, the stone finishing. Yeah, lapidary is the yeah.
1: the art of cutting stones. Did you know there's a special word for someone who cuts diamonds? Though
2: I was going to make a joke that's probably insensitive. So tell oh, what is it? Uh, <laughs> you I mean, just use your imagination. Okay. What is uh, it? Tell like, me.
1: You can find them on Forty Seventh Street. Yeah, <laughs> a diamond tear. Diamond tear is somebody who is either like of a very high stature in the diamond industry or somebody who professionally cuts diamonds. That's pretty cool. So a diamond tear is a kind of lapidary. Oh, yes. I wanted to ask more detail. And so it sounded, was this the Victorians? They seem to be in all sorts of spiritual stuff on every other episode we do. So like, did they get really into precious stones? Like Alistair Crowley must have been... Oh yeah, like into crystal healing and stuff. When did that? Yeah, like- the
2: spiritualism in the 18th century, like spiritualism, you would use a stone to help communicate with a person who had passed on, like okay. like their their wedding ring or something. It wasn't really healing so much; it was more talking with like other realms. And then it they really it really took off in the in the 1980s because everyone got into like.
1: Oh, New in, Age. Yeah, New, new Age, age or
2: like 1970s into like 1980s because everyone was like super into a lot of Indian books and like the Kama Sutra has some stuff about like stones Having in it as well. Having sacks on a pile of yeah. gems. Yeah, okay. shoving them up your vagine. Nice. Yeah, we got really into that. <laughs> um, there are books by Katrina, Raphael, Melody, and Michael Those are, like, the two main people who helped proliferate the knowledge of healing crystals.
1: All right. And today I think people are just, there's lots of hobbyist rock and mineral collectors. And there's, like, lots of hobbyist lapidaries, people who, like, make their own jewelry or, like, cut their own stones.
2: Oh, shout out to Catbird Jewelers who finished your unfinished rubies. yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, we Jaul. we'll have a a story about some rubies that I inherited that were cut by a a Brooklyn based lapidary and set in white gold. Yeah. Yeah.
2: They yeah, it was crazy because they looked like literally just like little pebble rock like nothing, and then she. It's
1: the key to a good polish. Yeah, Jal yeah.
2: at Catbird. Which, it's mm. her like company. So that's that's both the scientific and the metaphysical history. Did. You wanna?
1: Yes, we're going to take a break, and we're back. And we're
2: back. <laughs> so are we? We're going to talk about different. Let's we'll talk talk about some crystals and, and gems. And you can tell about the science part of them, and then I can tell you about the spiritual. Okay. Part of them. That's great. Yeah. So should we? I feel like we should start with clear quartz because like if you are starting a crystal collection or if you want to work with crystals it's like the gateway crystal you gotta
1: crawl before you walk yeah, yeah. you start with quartz well
2: because it's very cleansing it can cl- cleanse your other crystals I mean it can c- because because crystals have they have an electromagnetic energy mm-hmm. right like that's why like clocks can be made out of
1: Oh, we can talk about the piezoelectric yeah. effect.
2: Can you tell, can you talk about that?
1: Okay. So yeah. I would not call it a crystalline energy, but a lot of a lot of uh, Suit yourself. <laughs> crystals. There are other materials that do too, but crystals are the best known ones exhibit what's called the piezoelectric effect. Do you know who discovered the piezoelectric effect and won a Nobel Prize for it? P- PAs? It was Pierre Curie. Oh it was Marie Curie's husband. Oh. And they actually used their knowledge of the piezoelectric effect to later discover polonium.
2: Did he also die a terrible death?
1: I believe so. Okay. Uh, he discovered it with his, the piezoelectric effect with his brother. So he had done a lot of research into what was known as the pyroelectric effect, which is if you heat up certain materials, they exhibit, they'll produce an electric current or you'll, you can observe some electrical change in them. So piezoelectric effect is mechanical deformation. So if you squeeze certain crystals, which includes quartz, if you put them under pressure, you can actually detect effectively, like some electrical potential from it. And so the reverse is true. If you apply an electrical current, it will vibrate at a very set frequency. And this is dependent on a lot of like the actual, like we talked about before, the lattice, like constant of the material and the the, like specific makeup of it. But this is true of a lot of crystals. They exhibit piezoelectric effect. So that's why quartz is used in watches a lot. So a quartz crystal watch is currently like the most accurate commercial timepiece you can get. It's way more accurate than a Rolex than anything with mechanical behavior because the quartz crystal is like incredibly accurate. It behaves identically. Uh, when you put, you know, hook it to a battery, basically. And I guess that's what you mean when you talk about vibrational energy, or that's yeah. how pseudoscience has interpreted the piezoelectric hey, effect?
2: It's not pseudoscience, it's it's spiritual th- philosophy. Okay. So, yeah. Yes. You don't have to throw shade on my It's area just amazing because it's,
1: it's like, yeah, it's a real, it is a real scientific concept well, used in real discoveries, but then it's like, yeah.
2: yeah, well, and then they also talk, uh, or like the, this community talks about the pyroelectric effect. So pyroelectric crystals are like tourmaline. They generate electrical current when heated or cooled, which I think you...
1: Indeed they do. Yeah.
2: Um, so that's why, yeah, they have like different, uh, different uses.
1: Aside from the spiritual healing aspect, the first use in practice of piezoelectric effect was for sonar. To detect submarines.
2: Really? Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, so they could use, uh, I guess, some piezoelectric, like, crystal setup to generate a high-frequency signal and then, like, listen for the ping. Must have been, like, pre-World War II or whatever to detect submarines. And then crystals also, this is not piezoelectric effect, but crystals went into the first radios and actually was, like, played a huge part in the U.S. winning in World War II because we had developed really cheap, like common radios by that point that used crystals. Not yeah. necessarily quartz, but some other
2: maybe that's like, why we won because we manifested
1: We had great radio communication. Because we we manifested it, and, the it, wind. It, and crystals. There were also crystals on most of the ships that were like going around in <laughs> World mm-hmm, War Two. So mm-hmm. that's probably what did it.
2: Yes. Clear quartz, it looks basically like it's like ice. At
1: that.
2: I think it's so I think it's so pretty. I think it's prettiest when it's in cluster, like basically like the emoji, like the crystal, like emoji or like the aesthetic crystal. The whole jagged little cluster. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, I just love that. I sometimes Google crystal clusters just like because I think it's very soothing to look at.
1: Like, Is the crystalline structure hexagonal? Yes. Is it-
2: it is hexagonal
1: because I think I I remember seeing some of the little when you see the little crystals like sticking out they're like hexagonal shaped
2: yeah so it is energy is that it amplifies it also you can get it all over the world it's very affordable and it's also not it's your I would say you would never really find it um, sourced in like an inhumane way because.
1: No cuz you can just cuz you can just get it any literally like anywhere. You don't like need an open pit mine or anything. Yeah, you can just go pick it up.
2: It, the main chakra is the crown, which the crown chakra. Um so it helps with amplifying other crystals, connection to the divine and um like protecting, protecting and cleaning and purification. So it's if you don't want to like if you don't like uh palo santo or like cleansing smoke, you just can get a clear quartz like wand, and you can just like swoosh it over whatever needs mm-hmm. to get rid of like the bad juju.
1: So the anything about quartz is it's just it's made of silicon dioxide, um, which is the same material that is sand, which is the same material as glass. So quartz is just crystalline glass, which I think is it's funny that a lot of like when we when you talk about crystal like Swarovski or something, right? Is I think they're often using glass or crystal to make those.
2: They are using glass.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So they're using glass, but and it's not actually the crystalline form, but it is yeah. But it it, it, when it is the crystal it's quartz. And so quartz is it's a silicon atom that's bound to four oxygen atoms is like what the little Ah, cubic structure looks like. So it's a little tetrahedron. And that's why if you imagine in effectively infinite array of silicon with surrounded by four oxygens like repeating over and over it looks like a bunch of tetrahedrons which would line up to give you a hexagonal looking structure that's very cool so that's why you get hexagonal prisms when it grows
2: okay so i feel like because we're getting so many amber alerts we should talk about
1: amber <laughs> let's talk about amber <laughs> yeah
2: do you want to you, yeah so it's it's tree it's like it's one of the oldest um Amorphous crystals.
1: Any dinosaur doctor. Will dinosaur tell you, Doctor, yeah. It's fossilized sap. Yeah. It's tree sap. Um, it's a little bit sappy. Amber's probably because amber is like, I think, relatively soft, um, because it's not made of a mineral, right? Tree sap is is made of like, you know, carbon and sugars. Yeah. It fossilizes. It's a, a form of like I guess you'd call it sedimentary rock or whatever. It's a rock made of like a collected organic material. Often with insects inside that yeah. maybe mosquitoes that have just nibbled on a dinosaur, and that's how you clone the dinosaur.
2: So I think this is really interesting because, yeah. right? So the the area the area that like amber would treat is your solar plexus,
1: and Why is that? Uh,
2: well, because it it can basically like help with inflammation. Like, so you could wear like an amber necklace or something, but. I think it's really interesting because I use re- like a type of amber. I get like a re- like resin mm. to help me grip for aerial stuff. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I wonder if that's giving me. I think it it's part of like the magical spell that happens when I perform is that I I gotta like cleanse. I gotta like reduce inflammation with with my nice my grip my grip crystal. <laughs> so yeah, it's the solar plexus helps with pain and inflammation. Um it's good for like arthritis you can or pain in your hands which is crazy also cuz i i put like the resin on my hands
1: nice yeah it's grippy it's
2: grippy but it's also yeah. cool it's 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 helping um, what's,
1: what's like a gem for partying
2: a gem for partying
1: it's uh, <laughs> am- dumb question well,
2: amethyst i think because remember it like, it's like it means not drunk
1: oh, but it also gem.
2: Yeah, it also if you if you were like whatever, then um it also can can help with hangovers. I don't really like uh purple like that much. I used to when I was little. I used to really love just the the color purple. Like I loved it. The book, yeah. But when I've been looking at a bunch of amethyst, I'm like, oh, I really, I think I really like the lavender. I like the ombre of it of it all. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Because amethyst, what generally is like a White substrate with like purple with with purple and it. there's a
2: lot of cool geodes that have it like a lot of geodes that look really cool that have it.
1: Oh, that's what's inside a geo. Generally, the purple ones they're yeah. filled with amethyst. It's a
2: form of quartz. Did you
1: no know that? Way. Yeah, you oh, okay. yeah
2: you can find heat treated versions that are that are green, which are called praesolite and they're yellow, which are which is citrine. Did you know that citrine is actually amethyst, which is actually quartz? <laughs>
1: No, I had no idea. I thought they were totally different.
2: Gag, right? Well, so if certain there, it's they they are heat treated, but does cer- that
1: put certain impurities into it?
2: I'm guessing it'll change like the chem- it'll change the chemical composition. Yeah, there's got to be some okay. in,
1: some impurity that gets in there with the silicate.
2: Yes, because I I have actually what exactly what happens with sapphires and rubies, which we'll talk about in like a second, in
1: in a moment. Um,
2: I yeah, I think amethyst is all is also one that like it's a very gateway crystal and it's it's a good manifester of dreams and it's related to the third eye. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, and a lot of um cookware and straws and stuff like that are well they're made of like silica silica, right? Silicone.
1: The, they're ma- yeah, so well silicone is di- totally different. That's oh. like a kind of plastic. But you're thinking of Pyrex, probably. Pyrex, yeah, that's so, what I was. So sorry. Pyrex yeah. is—it's not quite quartz, but it is a, a special kind of glass that I think is like polycrystalline or has some like. No, it's boron-doped glass, but anyway, Pyrex is very shatterproof and also heat heat so, resistant.
2: Oh, that's so cool! Oh, wow, the more you know. Oh yeah, and you might like you might like this amethyst because it helps it helps you sleep and it helps to ward off my mom might like it cuz it helps to ward off nightmares mm. and h- help you remember your dreams.
1: Nice. Yeah. Okay, it's cool cool nighttime nighttime gem.
2: A nighttime gem. So we citrine, which is like its brother sister mm-hmm. friend brother sister friend. Yeah, so citrine is I guess like the yellowish kind of version of quartz. Right? So it's also hexagonal. It it's f- for your solar plexus. It's a heat treated amethyst. Yeah. All right. Helps with self-esteem.
1: <laughs> Just because of the Creativity. color. It's got the sort of a golden color, I guess.
2: It looks it to me, it actually kind of looks like rock rosin, like what we were talking, like oh. amber. Amber. Is
1: this citrine like is that the same as citrus? Like the root?
2: I think so, because of the color, yeah. Okay. The color Plays a lot into the naming, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, probably.
2: Do you know anything about fluorite?
1: I don't know anything about fluorite. Really? <laughs> no.
2: Oh, I think, <laughs> Tell yeah. Tell me about fluorite it. Fluorite is... What even is? It's, oh, it's just like a really, I don't know. It's like a kind of green. It kind of looks like jade, actually. Um, okay. But it can come in a lot of different colors. Like it can. It, but I think a lot of people would know it as a light green sort of color. It has an isometric lattice pattern.
1: Nice. That's a good pattern.
2: Yeah, and it's it's for your heart and your th- your heart your third eye and your crown.
1: Do you think the ancient Greeks thought amethyst protected you from just thinking of quartz, right? Because amethyst is purple like the color of wine?
2: I think it's because it's calming in a certain way. We're like or maybe they maybe they kind of massage their head with it cuz it's like extra spiky. Nice. You know? I think a lot of the qualities are ascribed based on how heavy they are, how hot or cold they are and and what they look like.
1: Do you know, you know? who came up with the birth stones?
2: Oh, okay. So, yeah, I have a whole thing and I have the list of the birth because I think you've been, a
1: lot of what you've been naming were are like various months like birthstones, right? Yes.
2: Okay the origins people think that it was Aaron Moses's brother with the the 12 stones
1: yeah the tribes
2: right? so in 1912 the association of jewelers met <laughs> met up and uh, they were like, let's really decide what the birthstones are. They really—it's kind—they were kind of like the Pantones, like the color of the year. But they were like, they were like, what color does this month make you feel? And then let's find a stone. So a lot of it had to do with the color. Okay. Which is why I was saying before, I think a lot of the the energy vibes also have to do with the color and like the just yeah, like how you feel when you look at it and hold it. There's lots of alternate birthstones now because some people were like, "That sucks. I really don't like that one. So there's a lot of months have two or something, but um, these are the, these are the original ones that, that in nineteen twelve. they have nothing to do with the zodiac. A lot of people think that they have something to do with. Yeah, the yeah it's zodiac. really frustrating that two do do the th- they don't yeah. line
1: up because they there should be a stone for each zodiac symbol, but instead they're like offset because they're for each month.
2: So January is the garnet, which is like a kind of burgundy, I believe, right? February is amethyst.
1: See, which I thought February should have probably ruby because it's like Valentine's Day and everything. Or
2: rose quartz, Mm -hmm. right? Because rose quartz is like the love. If you want to attract love, you, you carry rose quartz with you. Oh, okay. Yeah, rose quartz is the love thing. I think it was they were trying to figure out what they wanted to sell. Yeah, <laughs> that maybe. Time of year. Like, I, I really do because, uh, yeah, uh, some of these you're like, what?
1: <laughs> yeah, it feels like specials at a restaurant, kind of, where they're just like, we need to, we need to get rid of the prime rib. Like, let's make a a sandwich out of it. I, this week. I really yeah. think
2: that was like the vibe that they were that they were going for. So, uh, March is aquamarine. Okay. April is diamond. May is emerald. June is pearl. July is ruby. August is peridot. September is sapphire. October is opal. November is citrine slash topaz. Yeah. And December is zircon.
1: Okay. it's uh. inter-
2: I think topaz is so pretty. And a lot of people, when they think of topaz, they think of like poop, a poopy color, which would make sense being with citrine. I think that was like the vibe that they were going for. But... Yeah, topaz. I think of like Bombay. Oh, Bombay Sapphire. I think of it is actually more of a topaz mm. kind of gem. Yeah, and then there's the movie Topaz. Remember? I, I haven't the, seen the film yeah. That when we talked about film noir, it's uh, about topaz, like the giant, the like biggest topaz gem. It's kind of like uh, the Maltese Falcon, but in topaz.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm familiar, like zircon. Is different from cubic zirconia. It's, they're
2: totally different. Yeah, they're totally different. Um, it's its own thing. Let me see if I can. Cubic
1: zirconia is like artificial diamond, more or less, right? Because it's the it, kind
2: you would get at like Claire's or Forever 21.
1: Yeah, it's cheap, but it generally is pretty clear. Like, And it has the same, uh, I'm pretty sure it has the same symmetric crystalline structure as diamond, is why it's like a good candidate for. To like substitute for diamonds,
2: yeah, zircon. It means that it contains it c- contains zirconium okay. in it, right? Because a lot of minerals and crystals they have they have like toxic chemicals in them in high quantities. So, yeah.
1: or just there's some impurity that gives it the coloring, right? Yes. So we'll talk about rubies and sapphires. Yes.
2: Do you want to talk about those two next?
1: Yeah. So they're they're both corundums. Yes which is aluminum oxide, which is AL2O3. Sapphire can have a range of different impurities in it. Sapphires come in all colors. If a sapphire is red, because it has chromium impurities... It's called it's, a ruby? It's called a ruby. <laughs> well, around the world, it's called a ruby. But uh, in the rest of the world, they also will have like pink or reddish sapphires. Oh, yeah. And in the US, we're like, no, that's a ruby. But I guess the American like Gemological Association is like carefully governing this like what presence of chromium you need to uh to be called a ruby
2: if a certain mineral or crystal if it wouldn't be itself like it wouldn't exist without its base like chemical then it's called idiochromatic okay so like hematite wouldn't be just wouldn't exist if it didn't
1: if it didn't have certain yeah just like
2: "Mm, not there and then if the the Ruby Sapphire example, it has like a base situation. What did you what did you say it was? Corundum. A corundum. So that would be like the the parent the parent situation and then um so then it would be called an allochromatic, which means that like yes. it's an alloy basically.
1: A corundum. Yeah. yeah. What
2: what the, a corundum.
1: <laughs> yeah. I that's why I wanna keep saying conundrum, right? Yeah. But it's a corundum many rubies are uh, this is a i guess a cool factoid about rubies that i learned yeah if you look at the original pangaea and how the continents then split and if you draw like basically like a little like dot where there are currently like ruby mines or whatever around the world um, those points all connect if you go back to pangaea they form a nice line oh, so wow. there was some like seam of rubies down in the original pangaea which later split to become like all over different parts of the world a real common place that they're they're found is like near the Himalayas, there's a bunch of uh, marble deposits, which, is, if you recall, marble was one of our uh, metamorphic rocks. And so marble deposits, I guess, historically compared to other parts uh, geologically, are very low in iron. Apparently, like, if you have uh, corundums with, like, low iron content, they often form really great rubies because the the iron, I guess, will block or effectively interfere with the red uh, coming from the chromium. So you get very pure rubies in, I guess, what used to be Borneo and is now like Malay. And then also near the Himalayas. Malay this knowledge on you. Yeah. Malay Malay these rubies. Yeah. Yeah. And then I inherited some rubies from my grandmom. From my Fontana, right? Yeah, whose stepfather won them in a poker game.
2: That's, yeah, so wild. Yeah, because around the gold rush time, people were like digging up. They were like, oh my God, there's also other stuff in here. There's also other gemstones in the earth.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know if you even find rubies in North America or not. Or,
2: you probably I'm can sure. find anything in North America, like, if you try. If you believe it, if you have crystals on you and you manifest the finding of crystals.
1: Maybe. I mean, right, there's certain areas where <laughs> no, certain true. gems are very popular, You're, right? Yeah. Like, as we know, diamonds generally come from South Africa.
2: Yeah, and turquoise comes from the Rocky, like the Rocky Mountains and, like, Arizona and, like... Uh,
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, that's why it's in, like, all the jewelry. Like, yeah. all the New Mexico jewelry uses turquoise, for yeah. example.
2: Yeah, because they, those mountains are really, I said this before, but they're really rich in copper, and mm. so that's, and you need that for the, yeah. the turquoise.
1: Pearls come from Southeast Asia.
2: Yeah, i trying to think of other, oh, there was a great, like, ruby hoax in 1816 where these guys, would. they just wanted people to, I think their, their land was pretty much, like, mined out. Like, it was just, like, tapped out, they decided they like had some pyramid scheme where they bought a bunch of they bought a bunch of uh like cheaper gems like in their travels or they traded like a fake gem for a bunch of real like rubies and they they buried them on nice. the land and then they invited investors and prospectors to come and have a dig and they were finding like just tons of stuff and then this this scientist came or geologist came down and he was like, he
1: was like, these things was, shouldn't all be here. Yeah, yeah. He was like,
2: every time I find a diamond, I find like six rubies right near it, and I don't, he's like, they, they wouldn't be at the same like layer of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he busted them. Okay. In the list of these, the, let's see the crystals, right. So we talked about citrine, you
1: yeah, know, rose some quartz. Other, I said it nice was like, crystals. is like
2: the love, the love one. Hematite, uh, it looks like lead. It looks uh, just like 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 sort lead, of a basically gray. Yeah, I guess. Or okay. or or uh, sort of like lava. It can be a little bit iridescent. Yeah, and it absorbs negative energies. Mm. And it's the root chakra, which is like it's like your butthole. So if you keep <laughs> put some evil
1: tight, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: People are putting crystals in crazy places, like they're the yoni eggs. Like, women are putting, like, these little, like, crystal eggs, like, in their in their vag. And then they're, like, trying to um, hum and, like, create vibe. Because there, there are certain vibrations. You know, when you say om, that's, like, the vibration of all the chakras, basically. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, different sounds for each one of them. So they're trying to, like, make the sound to, like, yeah, to get their... Oh,
1: that's so new agey. It hurts. Yeah, it hurts to hear. It, it does. About. Yeah, it does.
2: Um, and fun fact, y- Yonic Yoni is like the Latin. It's like the phallic, but for a vagina. Yeah, so that's why they're called Yoni eggs. You could you could just put it in your pocket and your your <laughs> back. You don't have to put it up your butt. Um, let me see if there's any more. Oh, smoky quartz, which is like a sort of. It's like a clear quartz, but it it, it it's quartz, it looks smoky. It's all chilled yeah. out. <laughs> it basically turns like negatives into positives. It's the lemonade of uh, the crystals.
1: All right, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and then turquoise. Would you take that geo and make it some smoky quartz?
2: Turquoise. And it's a triclinic. We haven't talked about any crystals that are
1: triclinic yet. What is Yeah. That's, that's Their the, lattice pattern. The crystalline lattice. Yeah. Wild.
2: It's about personal power and luck. And you can put it. You, in a necklace, like a choker around your choke okay, around I, your neck.
1: I like how the in the book you're looking at the, in your notes. It's like uh, the color. It's like deep turquoise.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yes. And the um the vein the little like veins in in it. That's oh yeah, what yeah. Are those Tho- those are just pieces of like the sediment that it came uh, that it came away from, or they're kind of like the ocean snow that you described. Like they're they're kind of like dead sediment. In in its channels, a lot of vendors will sell howlite instead of turquoise. Um, But you can you can try you can ask them if you can light it on fire, and if it burns, then it's not turquoise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Most most crystals (laughs) do clay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then tell me about onyx. Onyx. Because I don't think we've talked about it. It's the like the goth crystal.
2: Oh yeah, it's I love yeah. I think onyx is so it's well it's black. Yeah, it's like a black, shiny.
1: Yeah, I don't really know much about it. What's it, like, composed of? What's the deal?
2: So onyx is, it's like a deep ocean stone, I believe. I believe it's like an Atlantis stone. Nice. And it's kind of, like, the opposite of quartz. Like, instead of, cl- or clear quartz, instead of, like, cleansing, it's key, it wards off. Like, make ne- makes sure the negative energy, like, doesn't even get to you in the first place.
1: mm Okay,
2: but because it's like from Atlantis it also has to do with like dreams and clairvoyance like it can help you it can help you your intuitions as well like yeah so if you're someone who makes bad judgments and you let a lot of negative people into your life you could carry onyx with you
1: yeah get yourself some onyx to sort out your priorities
2: oh yeah oh can I mention one more thing one more Um, moldovite moldovite which is the, it's, like, the most spiritual of the crystals because it came, or the most celestial because it you can't find it on Earth. Like, it came from meteors, basically. It's so powerful. Like, it'll help you be become more creative, imaginative. Um, so it'll sort of, like, space you out, but it's so powerful that a lot of people say that if they carry around too big of a piece of it with them, they actually, like, become too spacey. Like, they can't handle it, so can carry a really tiny little piece of it
1: that's awesome Multivite yeah it looks crazy
2: yeah it does it's like oh it's like a alien
1: yeah yellow yellow green it looks like a comic book
2: it does it totally is like a space rock from a comic book it's very very cool that's awesome, yeah
1: I had no idea, yeah, I guess we didn't talk about that's the uh, I guess the fourth kind of rock would be <laughs> rocks from meteors. space rock which we didn't really talk about, but yeah pretty sweet okay, yeah diamonds
2: Let's talk about...
1: So diamonds are super cool from a a material science perspective because we talked about silicon and how cool silicon is and its face-centered cubic crystal. Silicon is just composed of silicon atoms, and each silicon atom is connected to four other silicon atoms because silicon has four free electrons in its outer shell.
2: (laughs) Silicon Valley over there.
1: Carbon is the same. It actually, if you look at the periodic table, carbon is right above silicon. Oh, my God. Um, But crystal and silicon... Yeah, crystalline silicon itself is an insulator to make it conduct or semiconduct. You you dope it with impurities. Pure carbon in a diamond, you know, a crystalline form, which is a diamond, is also super pure. It's a great insulator electrically. Uh, It actually has very high thermal conductivity. So it's like, in many ways, would be sort of the simplest type of crystal. It's composed of only one kind of atom, uh, and it has a very simple structure in each carbon is bonded to four other carbons in diamond. But to form diamonds, you need super high pressures and super high temperature. Of all materials, of all solids, it has the most atoms per uh, volume because the carbon atoms are packed in as close as you could possibly pack them, which is basically that's what makes it so hard and like so tough. It's both that every carbon is bound to four other carbons and they are packed into this super dense volume. So it makes diamond, diamond is very dense. So out of that come lots of, I guess, pretty cool properties. Um, so mostly being like the hardness, right? Diamonds are 10 on the most hardness scale. They're used in all sorts of industrial applications. I so thought you like said
2: most hard, hardest the Mohs, scale.
1: M-O-H, MOHS hardness scale. A diamond is a 10. Like lapidaries, for example, the way you polish any other gemstone is with a diamond like grinder, basically, that has like, tiny diamonds embedded in it because they're super hard.
2: Wow. Wait, so how do you do, do diamond? How do you polish diamonds?
1: I think you just have to use other diamonds or you use something that's like just... cheap but slightly less hard <laughs> that you can wear down over time. Yo, you're showing off Rubbing. Our, I'm just rubbing these two diamonds, diamonds together. So diamond is the crystalline form of carbon the other form of room temperature pure carbon is graphite. It's pencil
2: Pencils!
1: But a thing that was only discovered in the last 20 or so years, which is at the forefront of, ph- of physics right now, is that graphite is not just like carbon dust. Graphite is actually sheets, two-dimensional perfect sheets of carbon. And on a microscopic level, it looks like chicken wire. Each carbon is bound to three other carbons in a hexagonal lattice in a two-dimensional lattice. So it's one atom thick and it extends that is called graphene. Is is two-dimensional graphite, right? Honey, her
2: name was graphene. <laughs> so
1: when you write with a pencil what you're actually doing, it, you're not leaving like dust of carbon, you're sliding off sheets, single atom sheets are like peeling off the like
2: Except if you're left-handed, then you're just yeah, Th- then you then are I'm, sliding it around.
1: They're they're sliding off. That's what you're leaving behind with the trail of the pencil. as you're like scraping off these two dimensional sheets of uh, graphene. Oh my graphene has very cool physical properties, which we'll get into perhaps in another episode.
2: It's like it's like caffeine. But
1: anyway, that's why diamond is <laughs> so nerds. cool. It's the the three dimensional version of it. Apparently, a very easy way to tell if something is a diamond versus cubic zirconium is uh, if you. It's called hot point testing, which is put something hot against it and the diamond. Oh,
2: I'm putting. Oh, this yeah. is a real diamond. There you go. <laughs> I'm putting it up against so Because my the face. diamond
1: is a very good thermal conductor, you will, uh, like, the, the other side of the diamond will heat up, like, immediately.
2: Oh, yeah. Very hot. Mm-hmm. So hot. I have to draw, I have to just hold it with another diamond. <laughs>
1: um, and then diamonds are currently being used. This is kind of a weird thing, is they're being used for quantum computers. Uh, because impurities in nitrogen impurities in the like carbon lattice of the diamond, it turns out uh, they preserve a certain quantum state you can use for quantum computers for a What's long that, time. What's that like a
2: like a calculator like a T fifteen? Yep, <laughs> it's like a Ti eighty two. Ti eighty uh, two. I only got to mm-hmm. T fifteen because I didn't go to college.
1: <laughs> okay, you more like a <laughs> Ti seventy four. Ti
2: Ti t- twenty one. Yeah.
1: So there's your there's your sort of the scientific rundown on diamonds why they're cool. So why are they cool for gems?
2: That would be so. Of first of all, could I just say what, is, what a dunk? If you were like you're like this is my crystal collection, just like just the Hope Diamond. You're like yeah, I really I really these vibrate with a really high energy. I mm-hmm. I um I put them on my chakras. Yeah, they aren't really. I don't think they're really used in. Um, in crystal healing, that much unless <laughs> it's unless
1: really expensive
2: probably unless you're maybe you you're like
1: Gwyneth Paltrow's out there probably well maybe
2: your your practitioner has like a diamond engagement ring on
1: nice yeah why does everyone have diamond engagement rings
2: okay well in the 1860s a lot of diamonds started being found in Africa like I'm sure people were finding them before
1: yeah. So this, this period in the late 1800s is during like the race for Africa. Europe was rapidly and aggressively colonizing parts of Africa. So there were a bunch of settlers. So even if the Africans already had known about diamonds but weren't making a big deal out of it, suddenly it became super valuable because <laughs> you probably, could export them to London.
2: So this guy Cecil, he bought a ton of mines, right? And he, he controlled the supply of diamonds because you're it, talking
1: about Cecil Rhodes. Yes. Can I can yeah. say one thing before we get into Cecil Rhodes? Because Cecil Rhodes started the company De Beers, which is the giant diamond monopoly. Yeah, I, that I, even today yeah, sets I the price talk of diamonds. About that. Why is Cecil Rhodes' company called De Beers?
2: Oh, I don't know why it's called De Beers.
1: So it's it's a story. It's actually a lot like McDonald's. McDonald's was actually st- was started by a company named don't after the guy McDonald. But McDonald's got worldwide under a different guy named Ray Kroc. So, De Beer was the name of two brothers who had a small diamond mine, but they got bought out by Cecil Rhodes.
2: By Cecil, right. So Cecil
1: Rhodes was actually a water pump salesman.
2: Yes. So it was actually it was Ernest Oppenheimer who really liked
1: So Oppenheimer act, yeah managed to actually wrest control of the company from yes. Cecil Rhodes.
2: Well Cecil Rhodes died and then oh, he, like okay. yeah By killing by, him. Yeah, <laughs> by pushing him and by by stabbing him with a diamond, <laughs> pushing him into a mine. Yeah, he anyway, was like I, I see a diamond over there. Look over there. I
1: love the drama of it though. But so it's yeah and then Oppenheimer aggressively Oppen, yeah. expanded. So
2: he his, he owned gold mines and he was like what if but what if I also owned some diamond mines? He bought de Beers after Cecil died, and he actually bought all the other diamond mines that existed at the time oh. and so he basically set up a shell company, so he did not change their name to de Beers. he didn't change their name he had his he had de Beers and then he had like C beers <laughs> b beers
1: I don't know well Oppenheimer's. Originally, Oppenheimer's mine was competing with Rhodes and like the De Beers mines that Rhodes had bought up, and Rhodes was kind of like he. It's not a big deal. Like he won't threaten us. Like it's not going to matter. And Oppenheimer got very lucky, and his mine was producing like like they found then the largest diamond in the world and stuff. So he like outclassed them basically, and then took over.
2: But then he got it was it was he set up this this shell company because he got scared because he was like I'm finding diamonds everywhere. This is great. And then he was like, This is terrible because like,
1: wait. Anyone else could find diamonds he, anywhere. And
2: also that's gonna devalue them, right? So because if people are like, Oh, there's there's plenty, then then their value depreciates. So he was like, uh, strategy one, I could have like a meeting with the other diamond companies and we could figure out what to do. Or strategy two, I could just buy those companies, pretend like I didn't buy them, pretend to have the meaning, the the meeting of how much. Charge for diamonds, and then just decide that cost myself. It would be like if the the United Nations was actually governed by one nation, <laughs> but like which
1: kind of yeah, I <laughs> which, mean which kind of
2: right. So that's that's what he was doing. He was making it seem like you know all these companies were were having like a democratic well, decision of the cost. He of He made diamonds. it look
1: like a cartel. When really it was just a monopoly, exactly. Right? Okay, like, yes. so OPEC does that for oil, right? It's a bunch of different countries that agree to prices. He acted like it was a bunch of different companies agreeing to prices, but it was just, it was just him. him. He was like, yes. "Do you agree?"
2: Yes. He was like, "I do." <laughs>
1: so at the height of their kind of control in the really like the whole second half of the 20th century, De Beers controlled like 90 percent of the diamond trade. Yes. So they've gotten a lot a lot of bad press, deservedly so, over the years. So in World War II, supposedly they refused to uh, contribute. Like we talked about the industrial uses for diamonds, they refused to sell them to like or like donate them to the U.S. Army. They were like, like, "We don't have any."
2: We released the only five that we have this year. Wink, wink. Yeah,
1: the U.S. got very pissed off about that.
2: Yeah. So Oppenheimer's son, Mm. he decided he well because they bought he bought they bought like even more mines and they were like, "This is great." And then the depression happened, and Oppenheimer's son was like, "Dad, I got you." And he's like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to America and I'm gonna talk to like the 1930s equivalent of Don Draper, and we're gonna figure out how to make really poor people buy diamonds.
1: Oh, by the way, before this we should say originally Cecil Rhodes got funding from the Rothschild family. Oh yeah. The famous but, like Zionist conspiracy Rothschild family. Yeah. And I believe it was either JP Morgan or Rockefeller was on like the board of De Beers in like the early 1900s.
2: Yeah, I think it was JP Morgan. I think because I think that's the ad agency the son went to is like the same one that helped. That's great. JP. Yeah, so he went there and they were like, "There'll be a multi-pronged attack." So, get it? Like the settings? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Nice. So, one was they they were like, "We're gonna get everyone in this this new thing called like talkies, like pictures in Hollywood. We're gonna get, get everyone to like wear diamonds. We're just gonna give them." So they gave a bunch of diamonds. diamonds to Hollywood. Yeah, and then they're like the original
1: influencers.
2: Exactly for the Graham, mm-hmm. the Depression
1: gram. Um and then engagement rings I think weren't that much of a thing, or they were traditionally just some family heirloom, right?
2: Oh, it was like whatever. Like you would you would be like, oh, I'll make you pizza once a week or whatever, and like the the girl was like, okay, sure, what, fine.
1: Yes, bagels were the original. Yeah, engagement rings. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. Or uh, pork rinds. Pizza, pizza bagels, well shaped pork rinds. With
2: um, the, the cleavage on the on this rind, mm-hmm. don't rind if I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but they they came up with. I don't know
1: when this ad campaign was, but the whole this, like they're like it should be three months' salary well, that you give to us to buy a diamond engagement. So
2: it was originally one month' salary, okay. but the but the real thing was diamonds are forever. Because th- think about how long this is like the the 30s. So think about like how long ago that was. Do you know any other like slogan from then?
1: From the 30s. like advertising slogan, what's it like? Double, double gum. I think has been around since then. Oh, double your, pleasure, other, double, yeah, double your pleasure, double your fun. Like, which is weird. This it sounds old. kind of like a chock full of nuts coffee. Oh yeah, I was in West. Sorry, I don't mean to derail. Okay, the episode, well, that's fifties
2: though. This is thirties. Chock
1: full of nuts is like a hundred ten years old or something. Insane. <laughs> it's the
2: the oldest mineral in the book. Okay, There's not
1: even nuts right. in it.
2: So that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lie. It was built to was expose her, uh, drag her, uh, <laughs> drag her uh, to the coffee grinder. Uh. Okay, so <laughs> yeah,
1: that's okay. So they increased it over time. They increased the slogan. salary.
2: No, but it, it was it was because diamonds are forever, such a genius slogan because it also explains why you can't sell your diamond back because they're forever. Because it's basically throwing shade at you if you. Don't get a diamond for your girl and it's throwing shade at you if you try and, like, if stuff doesn't work out and you try and sell it back. Mm. So it's, it's, like, double, it's a double-edged, like, attack. Because it's, if you try and sell your diamond back to any jeweler, the second you, you purchase it, it is worth at least 50% less than you paid for it. Wow. Well. Because the the diamond seller, the diamondier, they would have to offer you a wholesale price for it. Otherwise, they'd be losing money. They'd be like really stupid. So yeah, diamonds are w- worth at least fifty percent less than they cost you, mm. and they're actually worth like in terms of the the supply and demand. They're actually like one of the most worthless <laughs> gems on the planet because there's so many of them but the but big big diamond won't release them. So, so well, yeah. So there
1: have been a lot of competitors and there are lab grown diamonds which are unless you're a gemologist are indistinguishable from natural diamonds. So De Beers is down to just 23% of the world market, but apparently that's that's still enough that they're able to influence prices. Yeah, um, so they're still they're still hanging on there and they're but at least for industrial purposes there are now lab-grown diamonds
2: yeah and they're in De Beers is like introducing all these um crazy they're like what about the pink diamond and what about this what about the limited edition blah 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 you know
1: yeah it's just diamonds with various impurities introduced
2: exactly which is I find that so <laughs> it's so ridiculous also the blood diamonds and the mining practices were bad okay
1: Oh, do you need to talk? No, nope, but the
2: people know that. I mean, it's there pretty you go. Bad. Don't do you it. You should get, if you're going to get a diamond, you should get a lab grown one. Mm-hmm. Cause then, or like a air, like one that's been handed down, you know? Yeah.
1: So labs can make them in a, a couple weeks, generally, I think, for a given diamond, which is pretty wild. They can either make them under super high pressure or a, a process called chemical vapor deposition, where you introduce a gas with a bunch of carbon and the diamond kind of wants to form. Under the right growing conditions,
2: lab grown diamonds are still going to be a little expensive because it, like you said, it's kind of difficult. Some guy blew up his whole lab trying to do it.
1: If De Beers were not inflating the prices insanely high by controlling the market, natural diamonds would be cheaper than lab grown diamonds.
2: Yeah, especially because De Beers still has like we don't know how much they have. They won't tell us. Yeah, show us the receipts.
1: Oh, we should talk about how how they measure the the weight of gemstones. And like this gets talked about a lot with diamonds is carrots. A carrot is 200 milligrams and you can divide carrots into points of two milligrams. So like a one carat diamond is just a 200 milligram diamond. Okay. And that's about it. That sounds a lot less that's cool. Like, it's It's a lot less cool than it seems, right? Um, like, Meh. Yeah, when they talk, well, so then there's like, it is used also to talk about the purity of gold. Um, that's what I was, yeah. yeah. so 24 carat gold versus like 16 carat is yes. like more pure versus less pure, which is because you alloy the gold with other materials, often with silver. Um, so sure. And that's then like-
2: the, That's what the K carat is. Okay, I, yeah. for the gold. Yeah.
1: Got it. Wow, what a confusing world out there.
2: Yes, so carrot with a C, it dates back to those the South African mines, maybe even before then, because they used a carob, which is uh, basically like vegan chocolate.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I've had I've had carob ice cream before. Right? Yeah, it's a little
2: off. It's like the cubic zirconia but... Uh...
1: They thought carob seeds were didn't vary very much in their mass distribution. Which is untrue? Is their mass varies about as much as seeds of other species? It'd be like using sunflower seeds to measure like precious yeah. jewelry.
2: You know, in like kettlebell stuff that you know a a, oh, pood, a, pot, a, a pood, pood, which is like the standard sixteen kilogram kettlebell, was like just From a, a, a b- unit of grain.
1: Yeah, just a, yeah. it was like a basket of wheat generally. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we we don't have to get into it. Yeah, measuring like. It's it's 16 stone and four Oh, yeah, I still don't understand and, stones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, four uh, hands, yeah. two pennies, two bracelets. Before you go buy a diamond, it's just they're going to tell you the don't way. Don't do carrots. it. Just don't it's do it.
2: Just don't buy a diamond.
1: <laughs> All right. Another neat thing is that the the way diamonds are cut is very important in how like reflective oh. they are. And we didn't even really get into lapidary so much on this episode. The, the most standard diamond cut that you've seen that's like on our rings in this episode that we're wearing, if you're watching it, is that is the brilliant cut how did they come up with that it is very sparkly right it actually has been like mathematically studied and derived exactly how to cut a stone to get the most reflected light out of the front of the stone and to give it a, and like there are different qualities to a cut, right? So there's like the reflectivity. There's also what's called sparkle, which is how much huh? does it like is
2: that scientific is it
1: dynamic it it is a scientific measurement, sparkle. Brilliance is white light reflected up through the top of a diamond. Fire is oh. colored light reflected from within a diamond. And sparkle is the combination of fire and brilliance. This uh, engineer slash, I guess, mathematician named Marcel Telkowski. Derived all the equations that, that govern this. This was his PhD thesis in like the early 1900s. He derived all the equations and sort of like what would be the perfect cut. So the way diamonds are cut is actually a very precisely determined like mathematical thing to make them the brightest possible uh, in research that went into cutting what exactly What about the princess the cut?
2: I know about the princess cut. I mean, I just know of it. I know that it exists.
1: There are other cuts you can get. In part, that depends on what the shape of the original stone is, right? Because you're not going to take... If you have, like, a really oblong-looking, like, original stone, like, it's a real waste to then trim it into, like, like, a very shave round... shave it off. I want a cut. circle. <laughs> exactly. So you want to... You keep as much of the original stone as you can. So the... I don't know exactly what the princess cut, like, looks like, but that's, you know, some other kind of cut. And there's certain cuts that are, like, if the face of it, instead of being round or sort of, like, a, an octagonal shape is going to be... Something more like a rectangle. There's like other ways you go r- about cutting it. It's all marketing at that point. The princess yeah. cut versus like whatever else.
2: Don't buy. Don't be buying a princess cut for your queen. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I want to. They're they're like the queen cut.
1: Yeah, it's like bed names.
2: Yeah, the the twin. The, like it's just two diamonds. What? Then there's like <laughs> the college, which is the college, the college diamond.
1: Mm.
2: Just very oblong.
1: The long. The long single.
2: The long single. <laughs> it's. It's. Oh yeah, that. But that that happened a couple of years ago. The 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 diamond for single ladies.
1: Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that was a thing.
2: That was a thing. They, it was. It was called the. Um, I think it was like the left hand. The left hand. I swear. The
1: left Oh, you. I thought you typically. Or the or, your or the right uh,
2: hand. The right hand diamond. I don't know. I
1: forget which. Uh, how it's supposed to go, but I. Th- I thought generally you like. You wear your on your the ring finger of your left hand is where you wear your wedding ring, and maybe you can like put the engagement ring under. Okay, it. so then the
2: right hand diamond. Yeah, I, I wear diamonds on every finger, so you, you wouldn't know.
1: really know. I wouldn't know. Yeah, and
2: I, and I'm not. I'm I'm sorry. I'm taken, so I mm. I also wouldn't know. But um, I remember seeing ads for that. That were, it was like treat yourself. Like it's it's for you. Like diamonds are your best.
1: Diamonds friend. are your best friend. Yeah. Oh, that's sad.
2: Right? Isn't it? I mean. I don't know which is sadder because that's kind of like crystal healing to me, where you're like, you know what? I don't need it. I I, I have confidence. I'm, you know, I, it's a symbol of like, you can look at it and be like, I made the money to buy this for myself. And so I actually think that's probably like the coolest kind, you know, to be like, I did this for me.
1: That's true. If it's money, then like, all right. You
2: feel good about it. And someone, someone will be like, oh, did someone give that to you or whatever? And you're like, no, I bought it for myself. It's like, yes. Yes, Beyonce.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I prefer a cool set of sneakers, but I suppose to each their own.
2: Well yeah, those are that's your crystal crystal healing situation. So uh do you want to tell me like an issue that you're having and then I'll give you a prescription <laughs> f- of crystals?
1: Sure. Yeah. I've been uh Yeah, and I suppose me? I've been uh I've been stressed out at work lately. There's been like a lot going on. I feel like I'm fixing a lot of other people's, like, mistakes they've caused maybe. And it's, like, taking me away from time to spend on my own tasks. So it's been stressful to, like, have enough time to get everything done. So what would be a crystal that would fix that?
2: So let's see. Would you say that you – what's the – okay, like, stress? Just general stress?
1: Yeah. Well, let's go general stress.
2: Okay. <laughs> it's
1: like so, types of weed. What's, like, a, well, yeah. a good gemstone for getting projects done?
2: It's – well – yeah, general stress. So you would probably do good with yellow tiger's eye, which is kind of like a in it actually some some tiger's eyes look like they have glitter in them.
1: I didn't even know that was a gem. Yeah. That's wild. All right.
2: Tiger's eye. And so the tiger's eye is your it's your solar plexus, which is like your your like mm-hmm. clavicle area, your 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 chest. So tiger's eye is just going to like help you calm down because it's like near your adrenal glands and it'll help you like stop getting so like heated. Ironic, you know, it's, I know it's like a good pump up like workout song, The Eye of the Tiger, but this is yeah, actually exactly. gonna, it's gonna like help you was, like, chill back. out. Um, so that, yeah, and then I have two more to recommend. Uh, one is. The second one would be smoky quartz because we talked about this before. It can help you find a balance of like positive. It's the, it's the lemonade.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah,
2: so it can help you like s- sort of see the, infuse the negativity with like some positive stuff, some positive viewpoints, and it can help to sort of like, it's like the yin-yang. All right. The yin-yang of the crystals. Um, yeah, so this one...
1: I'll get myself some smoky quartz for the next meeting.
2: Yes. So this one is going to help you, like, you can hold it in your hand and just, like, take a couple deep breaths and, like, feel the – because we talked about quartz being, like, an energetic crystal, so you can feel, like, the temperature of it. it maybe help you cool down. And then the last one is hematite. So because hematite will protect you from fear Um. So it's going to like absorb any like anything that you're like afraid of because a lot of times stress comes from y- you being worried about what others think of you.
1: Not in my case, no, no, I care not.
2: Well, hmm, let me find the stone for uh for uh. Well, there ain't no stone call- for
1: denial. Yeah,
2: I was like, oh. yeah, I was looking. I'm like, <laughs> mm, what, the <laughs> Egyptians like Egyptians lap- <laughs> 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 denial. Yeah.
1: Nice. Okay. Thank you for diagnosing. it. I'll go yeah. get some tigers. Out. Yeah,
2: we'll we'll get you some we'll get you some stones.
1: Okay. Do you have anything you want to leave the people with? Any? Do you well, have any gems that you want to leave? Any gems? Uh, Before we yeah, I would say up?
2: I would say it doesn't in the end it doesn't matter if you like my connection to crystals is that I just think they're beautiful. I don't care if they're made out of glass or. You know, hot glue, which also is a perfect crystalline structure. Um, You know, they just, anything that sparkles, like, just reminds me to, like, sparkle myself, that we all have, like, a a bit of, like, star star dust in us. So Mm. it doesn't actually matter, like, the meanings of the crystals. If you just find ones that you think are pretty and that helps you to, like, it just helps you to meditate or to, like, just to be brave or whatever, then, like, go for it.
1: It's a nice gem.
2: This, yeah, but
1: I, I've but got my yeah. own little pearl of wisdom, um, which is that that you can only sparkle things only sparkle when light is shown upon them. <gasps> and what they are really doing is reflecting the light. That's what a sparkle is. So you need to be surrounded by people in situations that shine <gasps> light upon you so that you can sparkle and shine.
2: Oh, my goodness. It's <laughs> and a great lighting guy.
1: I can't believe I just thought that up. Yeah, and you need somebody who's good at lighting. Yeah, yeah this really guy. Gonna, that's, if you're really going to show Yes, shine. that's... Speaking true. of lighting, you can come and see some of my great lighting. You can come see some of Ariel Sparkle. Uh, this Sunday, we're hosting a, a boat after party, a shipper after party on mm-hmm. Sunday night, dance party. If you're in New York City, come out. That might sell out. It's it's moving fast. And it's also like an after party for Electric Zoo Festival and then on friday night we've got some comedians who will be doing comedy at 8 p.m. here at secret loft.
2: Yeah, you you won't need your happiness crystal. <laughs> <laughs> they they are your happiness crystal. Just put a comedian in your pocket. Yeah,
1: I guess we didn't get into whatever the funniest crystal is.
2: The funny. Oh, for for humor, there's there's I mean happiness.
1: It's billy crystal.
2: Billy Cr- Oh that's, Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's terrible, oh, that's We got Yeah and that's I'm t- sorry,
1: and we will see you next week. Question block 8 p.m every Wednesday is the live cast, and we get it uh, out there in podcast form as soon as we're able to. So you know, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your your fresh podcasts. And please leave us a five-star 24 karat review. All right, it'll play us out with the gem song.
0: If I could look into the future in my crystal ball, a city of obsidian, and the stones stand tall. We'd be sipping on rubies, playing Himalayan bowls. No pain in our bodies. No pain in a soul When something about you is feeling off And it's not a cold And it's not a cough The source is crystal clear to me You got a case of negative energy It's all love It's all frequency A little chakra balance is a remedy The source is crystal clear to me You got a case of negative energy Amethyst Quartz Citrine Garnet Tourmaline Jade Feel the power of the gems Start to cleanse Selenite Onyx Pyrite Lapis We get them from the earth and they're our friends Feel the power of the gems start to cleanse Cleanse, 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 cleanse